just um, encourage us today about becoming a dwelling place for the Lord. And, and I feel like even today, how everything kind of played out with the worship and what the Lord is doing, I'm not making an apology. I'm going to just say this, that we are used to a certain way of worship. And even, even here, we've had a couple songs, and then we go in and out. And sometimes we're only going to get one song. And, and this is under the instruction of the Holy Spirit. I'm just going to tell you that. This is, this is the season that we're in. And until the Lord says otherwise, I just leave it up to this team to hear from the Lord. I will never dictate what happens up there. I will. And for me, the louder it is, the more more water that's vibrating in my body, the better off it is for me. So I'm sorry if the volume may offend people. There's earplugs in the back. I'm just, that's it, okay? There's earplugs in the back. So you come to like a, a, a rave, right? You just plug your ears and just come on. The pit is going to get going here. So, you know. So I just, yeah, I just feel like I'm, that's, I'm saying that because I'm getting ready for the most unconventional season of our lives. Amen? And I just always want the focus to be us being a dwelling place for God. Because there is nothing else. Like, the body of Christ needs to get an understanding, and all of us need to get an understanding and a revelation that we are called to be a dwelling place for him to come and abide. We have all these aspirations of things to do in ministry, and I'm telling you the one thing that he wants to do is come and show up and be in your house. Like, and I, I, I need to be anointed to speak to one-on-one -on -one before I get to the, the platform to speak to a, a crowd. No, seriously, and I need, I need an anointing to just be a good husband and a, and a father. And Seriously, I need an anointing on my life to do the day-to-day -day so that I walk in the fullness of God and so that I am his dwelling place. I am the one that is filled with his presence and his power. And, and, it, and it, it should be an overflow in my life and in your life, right? The overflow comes in your life, and then all of a sudden things come to life all around you, all the striving and all the things and all the gimmicks that we thought would help us to build a ministry you know, honestly, I, I could sell another 800 books. I've got them. <laughs> and I could use gimmicks. And I could probably hire a good marketing team, right? But I'm telling you, I have to just depend upon the Lord that he's going to open up doors and move things along. And I don't have to strive. I don't have to stress. Listen, right now, I love it because I'm living in no stress. I got money, half the, half the money from my business still owed to me. Am I stressed about it? It's been three years. Yeah, I should be. I'm not. I'm not because I trust the Lord for everything now, right? 
We're in this place where we're completely trusting the Lord. And so as the dwelling place of God, as his dwelling place, I'm his temple. Ready? We'll, we'll go to scripture in a second. And then I have a lot of scripture to really choke you tonight. But the, the, the reality is, I'm going, I feel like the Lord is saying over and over that just what we have here, it, if anything, it's going to amplify over there. And so I'm all about real estate, but if the Lord doesn't show up, I don't want it. Like, keep it. Or we leave it and, well, I won't say that. Anyway, sanctify yourself. Just going to read where I left off. Uh, Exodus 25 and verse 8. And it says this, and let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. According to all I show you, that is the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all its furnishings. Just so you shall make it. And so here's the deal. Exodus 24, you see Moses come into this massive encounter. And I'm, let's just look at this because this is Old Testament encounter. We are called to a way greater covenant. Come on, the covenant that we have with Jesus absolutely removes all places that have been uh, roadblocks or, or doorways to you connecting with the Lord. And we're going to talk a lot, a lot about connecting with the Lord and connecting with one another. Because to become a dwelling place for God, and I want his glory, all of his glory, I don't want just a tamed down, you know, version of his glory. I, that's why I like the unconventional. I felt like the Lord said, I'm driving a stake, and you are the stake that's going to bring an epidemic of his presence to the region. It's not just us, there's other places, but we, we get to step into the full, part of the fullness. I'll say this is part, phase two of the fullness of an apostolic awakening and revival center. That's what it is, right? That's what it's going to be officially called. We call it th that this anyway, but it says kingdom awakening on the roof, right? So I'm just telling you, there is going to be a stepping in to something greater, and, it, and, it, and it's for every one of you. It's for everyone in this place. You know, the Holy Spirit is wanting to come in such a way. And Ephesians chapter 2 and verse, verse 13 says this, But now in Christ Jesus you are once afar off, have been now brought near by the blood of Christ. This is why I'm saying Moses has this awesome encounter, like the whole floor is sapphire. He's like walking in heaven on the mountain. And other people choose not to go in. No, you can keep it. Right? And so we look at this because Moses is a, an amazing picture of us having a face-to-face -face relationship with the Lord. And if I cannot, listen, everyone in this room must come into a place where you've decided that you're going to behold him. That you have no other desire we want all these other things, but we don't want to stop, and we don't want to pray, and we don't want to behold him. That's not, that's, listen, this should empower you in a way, because I'm going to deal with some things that get in the way and that keep us boxed out of what God wants to do. 
and he's calling us. Listen, I'm watching as God is beginning to transform even, even the core of, of this place, the, the servant leaders, and, and the Holy Spirit's really coming in because he wants us to deal with our junk. Lord, take it. This is what, was, this was what even today was about. Like, stop with the crossed arms, right? I sit in a room with my arms crossed because I'm cold. It's not because of my body language, especially when I haven't eaten for 20 days. No, I've eaten. That's wrong. That's, that's a, this week it'll be, anyway. Holy Spirit wants us to be in this place of open. Are you open or are you still getting stuck in the areas that, that, the, that the Lord's been trying to tug away from you for a while, except where we're, we get ignorant and we get used to it, so we just think it's, it's okay. And, and he says this in, in, in Ephesians 2, just let's, let's just keep going, I'm just jumping down to 17, it says, he came and preached peace to those who are afar off. Listen, look at the language, you are not afar off anymore. Like, by, according to the word, you're not afar off. Now, according to what you've been doing and cultivate his presence in your life is a different story. But positionally and theologically, you're not afar off. Okay? But it says, it says, to those who are, who are near. For through him we have both access by one spirit to the Father. And now, therefore, you are no longer strangers or foreigners and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and, the, and members of the household of God. Now, I'll back up. I'll, Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a temple in the Lord, in whom you are also being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. And then Paul the Apostle again says this in 1 Corinthians 3.16. He says, do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells within you? All right, so I just want to hit on a few things. First of all, members of the household of God. Now listen to me. Listen to me. Right? You're all here. You're all here worshiping tonight. But I want you to stay in this place because the Lord wants you connected to the body. Okay, how do we become a dwelling place of God? One of the things is we are connected to the body in a tangible way. And to be connected to the body in a tangible way means I give up my rights as a citizen of this old world and I come into the kingdom realm and I step into a relationship in true kingdom places, right, that actually cultivate, that actually encourage this. And so I say this to you, that we're encouraging people to come together. And we're going to have to figure out something in the very near future to continue to expand like a close-knit net, but also in different spots. Because there's people in Maine, there's people in New Hampshire, you know, Manchester, there's people in Massachusetts, there's people, I mean, we're all spread out. Most people are driving an average of an hour to get here. And amen, that's good. Some, some of you all around the corner, but right and so I just feel like the Lord is bringing a season to connect and to begin to build right and so none of us were ever called to have a casual relationship with the Lord am I right if you're in this place you didn't come here because you wanted a casual relationship usually people like that don't make it through the worship set and they're gone or they come here once and they don't come back 
maybe twice. Like, okay, we'll try it the next time. But the reality is that he doesn't, you, you were never called to a casual relationship with the Lord or one another. Oh, back up. I just said, or one another. Because what happens is we're, we used to, because I'm telling you, uh, the conventional way is to be disjointed. I'm just being honest. We're used to showing up, doing our hour and a half, booking it, maybe show up on a Wednesday service or a connect group. Okay? So I just feel like the Lord's been really dealing with the, the structure of what things are going to look like in the future because we want people connected. And if you're afraid of that, the Lord wants to pull you in even more. No, I'm serious because he, want, he wants to really pull us in to be together. And so I just, I really feel like, let's go to Exodus 33. And I'm going to kind of just land there and hopefully I'll get everything done. Starting in verse 12. Because the Lord has some things he wants us to do. Um, okay, I'm just going to read and we'll go, okay? Everyone there, say word. word. All right. Exodus 33, verse 12 says, Then Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, bring up this people. But you not, you've not let me know, know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have found grace in my sight. Thank you, Jesus. Now, therefore, I pray that if I have found grace in your sight, show me your way that I may what know you. And that I may find grace in your sight and consider that this nation is your people. And he said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest and then he said to them, if your, presence does, if your presence does not go with us, don't bring us up from here. For how then will, we, will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight, except you go with us? So we shall be separate. Your people and I from all the people who are on the face of the earth. And so the Lord said to Moses, I will, also, I will also do this thing that you have spoken, for you have found grace in my sight, and I know you by name. And he said, please show me your glory. Now, I just want to look at a few things because the first thing that I realized is that we, are, we have this distinct, distinguishing mark as believers, that we are separated. Look at your neighbor and say, you are separated. Seriously, you are separated. And separated is good because you're not separate. You're separated as a people of God, right? You are chosen uh, priesthood, a royal generation, and that the Lord may give you, like, all that's, all that's in your heart according to his purposes. And you may walk in those things. So, so God manifests his presence in an, and abides with his people who are 
separated. And let me just say, being separated is not dull and boring. Being separated, you separate yourself from a mindset. You separate yourself from all kinds of things so that you can separate yourself onto who? The Lord. And so the Lord is looking for us to to come into that place where we're abiding in Him. And abiding in Him is separated from everything else. I'm sorry. Friendship with the world. Yeah, the, the Lord hates it. All right, so he doesn't, he doesn't want another lover. He doesn't want you to have another lover. He wants to be the only one. He wants to be the, the one that is the focal point. And then through consecration, what? By his blood, right? You say, well, I, 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 I'm separated. Here, here's what I want to say. That you've been separated by his blood positionally. Now, they are call- now, the Lord is always calling us to pull and, and to step into an action, which means I follow him. And I follow him to the place where his presence is, and I abide in that place, and I get filled, and I get recharged, and God just begins to pour into me because I've separated myself from all the old mindsets and all the old ways of thinking so that I no longer travel the road that everyone else does. Are you hearing me? It's called the highway of holiness. There are no jackals. There's no, nothing that can devour you on that highway. We just don't understand that. Do you understand that? If I follow that way, it doesn't matter if the enemy comes in. I am protected by the Lord himself. And we have to understand that when we're separated unto him, that, that we're consecrated by his blood and our, and our participation, by our participation, We know him personally. Now you're saying, wait, Miles, that's something we add. No, it's not. You have to engage with a relationship. Are you hearing me? Like, it's super important that we engage with the Lord. And and knowing him personally begins with an encounter of experiencing him and then being intimate with him. So you want to encounter the Lord, and you say, well, how do I do that? You get before him. That's why, you know, this, this whole 40-day thing has been to separate ourselves, not so that I can, you know, birth a building. That wasn't the purpose. The purpose was that the Lord would come and visit this place, and he has been. And, and, and the Holy Spirit is just continuing to, to pull us into this place of experiencing him and then going deeper. And that's why the worship may not, never look the same ever again. No apologies. Come an hour late. I'm just saying. You know, some, some people do that, you know. And then I just want to sit, you know, because God wants to separate us. So in this place, it says he spoke to Moses, what, face to face as a man speaks to his friend. Now, I just have to go. There was such an intimate connection And it was a breath-to-breath, mouth-to-mouth connection from Moses to the Lord. And so you take all of that and you put it aside because now we walk in a new covenant reality, a new creation reality that no longer, I don't have to go and bring a sacrifice, right? And Moses, Moses, there wasn't even any of this going on, right? He was going into this place, and God gave him the law, and God showed him all the, you know, the, all the law that we, we had 
before Jesus, right? And there's, there's an intimate connection that the Lord is, is breathing us. We, it's breath-to-breath interaction between us and the Lord. And he wants to, in that, infuse you. Look at me. Infuse you with his presence. I'm telling you, the Lord is wanting to infuse you with his presence in such a way. But there has to be a a time where you say, I will no longer stay on the outskirts. I will not be like the children of Israel that knew his acts and did not know his ways. Because he wants you to know his ways. He wants you to understand him. And so the church has been walking in in a circle, right? I don't want the desert. I'll take promise. And I don't want to walk in a circle because, oh, and you say, well, I don't have to do anything to get anything. No, no, but you have to tend to the, tend to the fire of the Lord in your life. You say, well, uh, no, no, I just have the fire of the Lord. Well, how's that working for you? Because some of, some of us that think that works, it can, we continue to go around in a circle and a circle and we land in the same place. A place of undecision, no direction, and not knowing what the Lord's saying. I don't say that in condemnation. I say that as a reality because we need to get to a place where we, we're like repentant of that. And I'm telling you, just me repenting of one little thing that I thought might have uh, disturbed the Lord in what I did. And it was a previous fast that I thought I was supposed to do. I felt like it, par- it was partly the unlocking of what happened down the street. I do. I just personally do. Because I thought I was supposed to fast. And I thought, Who's that? oh, was I disobedient? I don't know. But the Lord likes my heart just saying, God... Do you understand what I'm saying? If I did something to grieve you, I don't ever want to grieve the Spirit. And you know what? He's grieved when you don't spend time with Him. And we think, you know, honestly, and I think that that some of us don't put any value on ministering to the Lord. All right. He had this direct, and you have direct contact and, co- and communication through, you know, to the Lord. But I want you to just see this, that Moses, even in the Old Testament model, had this direct connect to the Lord. What does that mean? That means he had this face-to-face in- encounter without visions, dreams, or, or any prophetic encounters. I've said this before. Do you understand that? That it didn't, wasn't by vision... He didn't do anything by vision. He spoke to the Lord. This is why I can't get over Moses because I'm just like, what is going on? This is old covenant stuff. And why can't, Lord, I want you to show up in my house and do this. Because if he could do it, it was there so that I'd be able to do it. It was there so you'd be able to do it. It was there so every believer would be able to do it because we all live in a a greater covenant now than, than he had then. And yes, he was a friend of the Lord, but there is this intimacy and this place of living with the Lord where I I know the counsel. I know I understand his heart. I know I grab his wisdom. I receive his wisdom. You do too. I prophesy it over you now. You know? And so there's no limit to the disclosure of what God is going to do for you. In the New Testament. There's no disclosure. Stop. Read that again. There is no disclosure. That means he doesn't keep anything back from you. The only reason I don't see things is because I have not pursued him in such a way. 
I'm just being honest. The problem is not that side of heaven. The problem is this side. And so I'm just going to hit on three aspects of intimate knowledge of the Lord. And I, honestly, I, this morning I got overwhelmed because I was just in this. I just get emotional because I know that this is the heart of the Lord. That he wants us to live in this place of deep desire for him. That when God, as he's pouring out his spirit, listen, healing is already in the room. It's just already, it's already active inside of you to lay hands on the, on the sick and to cast out devils. Like you should not leave here any Sunday with a demon on you. And I'm all for whatever conventional way the Lord wants to do that, unconventional way he wants to do that. Like, I, I think the unconventional way is people coming in the door that the presence of God is so strong that demons come out with a scream and that's it. Done. Gone. That when you walk into a room to meet someone and they got a devil and they want to get rid of the devil. Some people want to keep their devils. Even Christians, they want to keep their devils. Three aspects of intimate knowledge of the Lord. First is intimate relationship. What is intimate relationship? It's simply this, being connected. Really. We want to we like make up all kinds of things. It's being connected and interacting. How do I just start a relationship? I go, hi, my name's Miles. That's it. Interact. Connect, right? If we don't know the Lord in just that, right? Just us going before the Lord and say, hi, it's me. Oh, I feel a holy hush on that. He wants to know it's you. He wants you to meet him. It's not by striving. It's just saying, hey, I'm here. And that's just the first way we just connect in relationship with the Lord. It's just simple. I'm not going to make it's really, really what I got is not rocket science. It's not like some deep theological thing. It's really simple. It's really, really simple. And then we have intimate communion with the Lord. And in that intimate communion, I share and I exchange intimate thoughts and feelings of the heart. You look all through the Psalms, all through David, all through Proverbs, all through, and even the prophets, right? Even kings, right? You see Elijah just like bailing on the Lord, like bailing on the Lord. And he's like, what are you doing? Wake up, get up. You just need to give your feelings to the Lord. We think that our feelings are, are something that the Lord doesn't know about. He knows all about how you feel. But he wants to touch your mind your will, and your emotions. Look at me. He wants to touch your soul. Your mind, your will, and your emotions so that you're free and so that we begin to uh, change some of the ways that we interact with family, <laughs> with one another. It's, no, this is really good. 
Because the Lord wants us to be in such a deep place with him that we come into contact and, and, and speak to him and then begin to share and exchange the things that we're feeling. You okay? All right, I'm just checking. And it's the feelings of the heart because the Lord is interested always in your heart. It's always the posture of my heart that is connecting or not connecting with the Lord. Are you hearing me? Because sometimes we don't connect with the Lord because we've already pushed the Lord away because we've got something in the way. And so there's no communion. There's no place of sharing. There's no place where we can even get before the Lord because we have something that's been that's clouded our vision, something that's like an unforgiveness thing, right? Forgiveness, unforgiveness, right? The, the Bible says that if I don't forgive, I'm going to get nothing from the Lord, right? It's, it's like I'm not going to receive. I'm not going to be able to hear. My prayers, he doesn't hear my prayers because I, le I, I, I left the one thing. I didn't forgive. And you don't need to carry that anyway. Then we have the last one was intim intimate privilege. And what's privilege? Privilege is special rights. Who wants special privileges? Only a couple of you? Come on, when you go on an airplane, I want, I want the special privileges. When I go to a hotel, I want the concierge lounge. If, if it doesn't, you know, I want, the, I want the bennies. Come on, my wife's got tons of cards. We want the benefits, right? And so, but it's, it's special right or an advantage available to a particular person or group. So how many want favor? Well, how do you get favor? Intimacy. How does, how does everything begin to open up? Intimacy. How do doors fling open? Intimacy. Because, I listen, I can have favor with God, but I want favor with man also. Because Jesus grew in stature with favor with God and man. And you say, yeah, well, they crucified him. Well, yeah, at the end. But for a, for a chunk of season, the crowds were coming out. Everyone was looking. It says that everyone, when they heard that he showed up, they ran. The, it, I was just reading it. It says that they ran to their villages to find out where he was and to bring all those who were sick to him. And then to find out where he was going. God wants you to be in that position where you desire to find him. He wants you to be in a place where I will do anything to find out where he is and where he's going and what he's doing and where I can go receive healing. Right? I mean, anyone in this room, you should want that. And so your freedom in the Lord is relative to one thing. And I say relative because it's never a constant. Your intimacy to the Lord includes healthy relationships to one another. All right? My, 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 my place of intimacy and where I touch the Lord is dependent upon 
I'm saying these things. You may think this sounds religious, but and some people would. It's dependent upon my pursuit of him. It's dependent upon how I engage with him. My freedom does not just come. My, my change in thinking does not just come to me. What happens is, here we go, right? People get into a situation, they run to God. Help. Right? We do it all the time. And in immaturity, right, people just, they cry out for the Lord when it's hitting the fan, but they never were seeking the Lord beforehand. And I'm not saying that bad things don't happen or situations don't happen even when we're seeking the Lord. I'm not saying that because that would be, that's, that's not even true. But I do know this, when you're seeking the Lord in the midst of something coming in front of you, that you have all the faith, you can stand. And you're not shaken. And you're not afraid. You may get a little shook up, but the Lord is with you. And you know that the Lord is with you because you've developed a strong relationship with Him. And you've, brought, you've, brought, you've cultivated a life of intimacy with Him. And you have communion with Him where He knows your heart. And you're not afraid to pour out your heart before Him. And you're not afraid to pour out your heart to your friends. That doesn't mean we whine on everyone that comes by us. But I'm telling you, the Lord wants you to connect with one another so that you can be in healthy, ready, healthy, healthy, healthy relationships. Not codependent, weird, messed up, busted up relationships. Right? No, he's trying to fix this in the church because we're good about, you know, glory to Jesus and we're all codependent somewhere. No, seriously. And we all got these unhealthy, like, things that we do. And we don't deal with reality. We deal with the spiritual, but we don't deal with the reality of, of what God's trying to form inside of us and trying to transform inside of us. He wants to get it. He's going to get it. He's going to get what he wants. One way or another, he's going to get what he wants. And I just want to be willing to do it, right? And so, so it, it's absolutely interconnected in our relationship with the Lord and his body, right? So the Lord... I just read it. I read it before. Ephesians. Let's go back. It says, you're no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens and saints and members of the household of God. Paul wasn't talking about, I, I am the church. Oh, seriously. <laughs> it's okay. You are the church. But Paul was not talking about, Paul was talking about integrating into the body. And the household of God. And being joined and connected. And I'm, I'm not saying this to build a church. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm saying this because it's in the Bible. Y'all right. Okay. I'm checking. My goodness. Being fitted together. And growing. Look at me. Fitted together. And growth. As you are fitted together in the body, all of a sudden you begin to grow. All of a sudden things begin to multiply. All of a sudden things begin to increase and flourish. Come on. Say it. Flourish. We want to flourish. Grow into a holy temple in the Lord. In whom what? We are being built what? Together. Somehow... Somehow things get distorted, and I think that I am the church. Just me, by myself, I am the church. You ain't nothing but disjointed. No, I'm serious. 
I, I say it, it's funny, but it, it's the truth. We don't want to be disjointed. You want to be connected. And I believe that it's being healthy and connected to a body that wants to see the growth and cultivate the growth of every person so that you begin to be a minister of signs, wonders, and miracles in everything that you do. Okay. Lost my place because I had to go back. But I So let's just look at a couple of things because I know that the Lord wants us to understand that this knowledge of the Lord. How many know knowledge, knowing the Lord? When I say knowledge of the Lord, I'm talking about knowing the Lord. And the Lord wants us to know him in a deep and intimate way. I've already said that 14 times tonight and 27 million other times in this church. But Jeremiah 9 and verse 23 says this, thus says the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom and let not the mighty man glory in his might, nor let the rich man glory in his riches, but let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord exercising loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness on the earth, for in these, come on, I delight. Come on, that's a good word. Just stop. Verse 24 says that he understands and knows me. Do you understand this? That the Lord wants you to understand him. And I mentioned that earlier. But I'm telling you, the Lord wants you to be, have a mental capacity to understand him. And that comes through knowing him. That comes through intimate knowledge of who he is. And touching him in the way of communion. Walking in privilege. I feel like as, as, I, as I just meet him in relationship and in covenant, that doesn't necessarily mean I'm walking in privilege because until I meet him in communion, I don't really know who I am. And when I know who I am, then I begin to walk in privilege because you realize that everything's really attracted to you. Come on, the, the, the Bible says in Isaiah 60, right? It says that the, the, it will, you'll bring the kings will come to the rising of your brightness. There has to be a place where you live in the glory and the glory of God is on your life and not in an emergency or a tongues emergency like, da, 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 I need you, Jesus. No, God is trying to get us into a place that we have complete access all the time and we're living out of that place of access so that I have the counsel. I understand what the Lord is doing. It's not an enigma to me. You all right tonight? Am I preaching good? I should be. So understand and know me. And, and knowledge, again, knowledge of God is, the, is a matter of the heart. I can't really reiterate that enough tonight. Knowledge of God is a matter of the state of my heart. If I'm always critical of, uh, ready? Am I critical of the church? Am I critical of my brothers? Am I critical of all the people around me? Am I critical? I, I've got one person I'm not critical of. And that dude don't even go to church. <laughs> No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's a hypothetical. Right? Do you understand what I'm saying? It's so, like, messed up. And we want, and we're expecting God to explode into our lives, like, oh, lead me and I'll follow. Or, or we're not. We're not expecting anything. And <laughs> we got it going over there. 
It involves an inner capacity. Do you understand me? You have to be able to have an inner capacity to retain what God is doing in the body. Come on, I'm talking about real stuff tonight that the Lord is really after in the body. And he wants to form his, his beautiful bride and his outrageous army. Like, it's both. And so, so I need an inner capacity and a capability to enter into deeper relationship with the Lord and you. Because trust is a whole nother thing, ready? We just do a whole thing on trust next week, maybe. But probably not by the time I get to Sunday. You understand? It's just how I go. But there's a reality. God desires to be understood and known. When I say that to you, I'm not playing around. The Lord wants to be understood. He wants to be recognized. He wants to be realized. And he wants to be understood and known. Amen. We want to know the deep things. Ready? Deuteronomy 29, 29. The secret things belong to the Lord, but those things which are revealed belong to us and our children's children forever, that we may do the words of the law. Hosea 6 and 6 says, For I desire mercy and not sacrifice, and the knowledge of God is more and the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. And so the Lord shares, ready? The Lord shares some of his secrets with some of his people. Remember, I talked about privilege. The reason why we don't hear secrets is because we don't move into that place of intimate privilege. So come on, everyone's kind of somewhere probably in, in communion, and we're living in a place. But, but I, the Lord desires what? That... He wants to reveal secrets to you, but he wants to, okay, the Lord shares some, some of his secrets, sorry, and some to some of his people, but not everything to everyone, all right? And many things are hidden that can be revealed or uncovered as our hearts are conditioned to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Do you understand? So the Holy Spirit wants to reveal things, but if I've got a heart that's a, a, basically a hardened heart of unbelief, I'm just going to say, I'm just saying, because usually that's where we don't connect with the Lord is because we don't believe and because we don't have an understanding of who he is. And so when we get to that place, the Lord begins to unveil things. As I, as I go into deeper places of intimacy, he begins to open this stuff up and condition everyone, my heart. He wants to condition your heart. And if I don't give him place to condition my heart, nothing, I'm telling you, nothing happens. That's not a curse over you. That's just fact and truth. If I do not come into a place where I abide and I live and I, I'm living and moving and have my being in him, there is no place where he's conditioning my heart. That's not doing something to get something. That's just a harsh reality. Okay. And so, so the, there's a high premium, look at me, for true knowledge. There's a high premium for knowing the Lord. I don't care what anyone in this room says. You can bring Bible verses to me. If you're not walking in the reality of the Bible verse, it doesn't apply to you. 
No, I'm serious. Because we want to we wanna contend and say, well, well we're, already, we, we're owed it. It's in the word. I already have it. Well, let's see you walk in it. Where's the glory? Where's the presence? Or are we just condescending and negative? Oh, I know. I'm going after stuff. It's okay. The Lord, he wants to share his secrets. Can I tell you that again? He wants to share his secrets. He wants to share knowledge. He wants to break out and and furrow all the bitterness, everything that's gotten in the way of him speaking to me in the past. Like he wants to remove all that stuff and get rid of it so that I can hear and, and see, right? And so the treasure of knowledge is hidden within his word and revealed in his presence. You should write that one down. The treasure of his word or the, the treasure of the knowledge of God is hidden within his word and revealed in his presence, that is the truth. So if I never open my Bible and begin to study my Bible, I'm telling you, I got lost. I almost lost track of time today because I was just re redoing, going over things, and the Lord started taking me in a different direction, and then I got lost in the Word. And then I start, you know, getting whacked by the Holy Spirit in the office, and I'm like, oh, man, all right, I got to go. And so the Lord is really wanting to reveal himself because in his word, there's light. And if I don't read the word, if I don't meditate on the word, and again, it's not by doing. you got to want to do it. Ah. No, because I think that we have a, we have a, a, a proportionate uh, bunch of believers that don't read the Bible. They don't study the word, and that's not condemning anyone in the room. I know that the Lord, he wants to open it up for you. He wants to reveal himself to you. The same way about prayer. Like that's why, oh, I don't think I want to come to corporate prayer. Well, you know what? Something might happen. Something might break off. Something might open things up for you. I don't know. I, honestly, as I fast, sometimes I don't feel a thing. I just said this the other, last night. I'm like, all of a sudden, and I go in a room with a bunch of people, and it's like, <laughs> like I can't shut off revelation. Like the, the Lord just shows up. And so we think that nothing's happening when we're praying, so we think it's unfruitful when God wants to really make it fruitful for us and open. Like, that's why I like reading and praying. Like, I read and I pray, and I read and I pray, and I read and I pray. It keeps my mind interacting. And, and then the Lord opens scriptures, and then if I start to dissect the word, I'm telling you, these, these are secrets that I feel like the Lord wants us to, to step into. you got so many Bible apps, you don't even have to buy one. Like the, the Greek and the Hebrew, and, and you don't have to look all geeky like, you know, I'm, I'm that geek guy. He's, he's one of them. It's good. Like the Lord wants to open that stuff up. And he wants to give you true understanding. And he wants to put, in his word, there's light. And so heaven's treasures are purposely hidden. Do you know that? From who? Half-hearted and people that are indifferent. If I'm half-hearted, I don't really get to hear the secret things from the Lord. I can get whatever. You can get good truth off of YouTube. It's good revelation. There's tons of good people out there. No, no, there is. There's tons of good stuff. But I'm talking about the Lord. We're talking about intimacy and we're talking about connection. I don't connect with the Lord in such a way if I'm just doing it half-heartedly. 
And again, you can call this striving all you want. I don't call it striving. I call it my prayer life. Like I go to the Lord in prayer and I go to the word and I believe that he's going to open things up for me. And there has to be a place where I want heaven's treasures to come. And when I get heaven's treasures, I get more hungry for him. See, it's a double, it's a double barrel shotgun. Like when he begins to open up stuff, then I get more hungry and he shoots more at me. Right? And so this is what he wants to do for everyone in this room. And so there's, there's three tests. Ready? Three tests concerning our qualifications. That sounds real religious. But our qualification is to partake of the knowledge of God. And I'm going to ask you three questions. And you can answer them yourself. We were talking about this last night. Jesus asked good questions. That's how he provoked thought. Three tests. Or I should say three test questions. Do you highly, they're going to be simple. Just warning you, they're super simple. Do you highly value knowing him? Do you highly value it? Like on the scale of seeking the Lord and meeting with him, where does he rank? No, because it's self-assessment. There's no one flinging. <laughs> See, these are good because I'm not flinging anything at you, right? I'm not making anyone feel bad, but you have to assess where your desire to, and you value meeting with the Lord. Like some of you are super good about self-provoking, moving yourself into a place, a position to hear the Lord and making time for that. Some of you aren't, and that's okay. God wants to grow you in that, right? So I'm not saying anything here that the Lord will not pull you into a new realm, right? I'm giving you keys to ask yourself, like the three things and then three more things. Second, second question, do you earnestly desire the presence of God and behold him, to behold him? Do you earnestly desire? So that's two things. Do I highly value him and do I earnestly desire him? Because what you value, you will go after. It's easy to go after money because we all like it. Come on, y'all got quiet. No one likes money in the room. I'm just saying, right? We all like things, we like our stuff. It's easy to go after certain things, right? Where does the Lord rank, and what's your push into that? What's your desire? Number three, are we diligently seeking that deep, intimate relationship with him? Do I highly value him? Do I earnestly desire him? Because you can desire something and never go after it. Look at me. And are we diligently seeking? Because number three is very important. If I'm not seeking after the Lord, if I don't position myself to do those things, then, <laughs> and then I started thinking about this in the shower when I was getting ready. Because he just showed up. Like he showed up when I was in deep, deep sin and just showed up, like and invaded my space. And then the Lord said, yeah, but you had a choice. Like I had a manifestation of an angel on a beach, and I still sinned for another three weeks, just, in, just being stupid. When I knew something supernatural had happened, 
until finally I gave up because I almost, I got in such a depression mode, like my heart was so depressed and hopeless. But then I had to make a decision. Do I reach out for someone? Do I reach out to the Lord? Because that's always the question. Are you reaching towards him? Right, because I, I came to a point and the Lord said, huh, I know all your stuff. That's how it went. Like words of knowledge. Like I'm like, who is this dude? And he disappears into the darkness. Gone. So I had a decision to make of whether I was going to step into a relationship with the Lord and seek after him. So the secret things, the, the secrets of the Lord are with those who what? Fear him. And he will show them his covenant. So the Lord wants to do things, right? If, I, if you seek her as silver, it's talking about wisdom in Proverbs chapter 2 and verse 4. It says, and search for her as a hidden treasure, then you, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. My question is, are we in that position where we desire in such a way? And that's what my prayer is for tonight. God, I need help. I need help with the, everything. But I feel like this is key for causing the Lord. Ready? You are a dwelling place for God. We are connected together to make a greater church. The greater body. But you are the body. You are the bride. And I'm telling you, I feel like the Lord was saying, I have heavenly treasures I want to unleash to you. But, but half-heartedness needs to go. Right? Places where I don't make room for him have to go. Come on, you okay? Stand with me because you're, you're looking all... I know, everyone's thinking. It's heavy. It's good. Holy Spirit, we just thank you. I want you to just diagnose the place that it's not condemnation, right? The Lord wants to move you into a place where you take a, a sober evaluation of like, where am I and where am I going? Right? And I'm, look at, I'm looking at all of you, and I'm like, man, I got a bunch of hungry pre people I'm preaching to, so I, what's the deal? But I know this for everyone, for myself. Like, I always have to put myself to the litmus test and say, do I value this? Like, where is this in my life? Like, this part of the kingdom, what, what does that look like? And Holy Spirit, am I, am I positioning myself to receive? Because I know he wants to pour out. And so everyone in this room should get ready for treasures from heaven because I do believe that he wants to pour out. He wants you to understand and know him. Well, his ways aren't our ways. No, no. But he does give us the ability as sons and daughters to know his heart and understand what he's about to do.
just pray. I got a scripture for you. Just pray. Babylon. He's serving. And the Bible says this in 2.21. It says, he gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. And he reveals deep and secret things. He knows what's in the darkness and light dwells with him. The light that dwells with the Lord as we go and seek the Lord, as we step into a place and position ourselves with the Lord. The light that dwells, and I may get into this next week, the light that dwells with the Lord is that which unhandcuffs us. The word is that the word dwells, it's like an opening up, it's like an unlocking, it's it's an untethering. It's it's a strange word because where he dwells, there's complete freedom. So when I step into a place with him, he begins to open things up because the light of who he is, the glory of God, begins to open things up into such a way that all of a sudden, snap, things start crackling and popping off of me. Come on, close your eyes and raise your hands.